The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shatter, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome in. It's Wednesday. It is week four, and the Jaguars face the Philadelphia Eagles. Welcome in. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. Might be a no-huddle edition. We're using tempo in this show on this Wednesday before things shut down here in Jacksonville. Busy show ahead, of course. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joining us. Jaguars.com senior writer John Osier is also here. The Jaguars and the Eagles coming up. We'll preview the game. Peterson returning to Philadelphia and a bunch of other assistants and staff members for this team. Uh, John Osier with me here in Jacksonville. Hi, John. You been outside? Yeah. Looks like my rain a little bit. Yeah, well, or he has a little <laughs> yeah, bit. I so. think there's more coming in the next couple of days. Uh, Bucky Brooks is in Los Angeles, where it is probably 75 and beautiful, like always. Hi, Bucky. Uh, I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's pretty nice out here. I mean, I I know you guys like for me to give the weather update, so I'll give you weather update. Hmm. Uh, it's it's 99 degrees. 99. Uh-huh. 99. It's dry heat. It's a dry heat. 99. It's 90. It's 91 in the city, but it's it's nice and sunny. You don't have to worry about getting wet. So, uh, yeah, it's a little different than what it is out there. All right, let's. Not good here. No, it's it's going to deteriorate. I think over the next 24 hours here in Jacksonville or in the uh, Northeast Florida area. So let's start off with the head coach who spoke earlier today, Doug Peterson, headed back to Philadelphia. Where are his emotions? Yeah, I mean, that's great, you know, and everything, and, and, and I appreciate that, you know, from the team. But, you know, look, this is a good football team, and, and we understand that. It's still week four. You know, there's a lot of football ahead of us, and, and um, you know, we just got to prepare, you know, and, and do, do the right things during the week, and that, that includes me, you know, and, and I got I to gotta stick to my routine and, and uh, stay diligent with that and the study and the planning and, um, you know, prepare myself just like the players do. So. You know, it starts with me, and, and um, you know, I'll, I'll keep relaying that message to the team. There you have it. He's uh, going to be modest, Bucky, going into this thing, but uh, there's going to be a little tinge of something, I'm sure, when he runs out of the tunnel the first time. Uh, you know, he's just like a player. It'll always be personal when you have an opportunity to go back and someone to dismiss you because never forget, he was fired from the. He led a team to a Super Bowl, and then shortly thereafter, he was fired. And so he may play it cool. And, and, and come on the outside, but and on the inside, yeah, it's a personal deal. And I'm sure he'll convey that to his players, whether he does it overtly or with his intensity in practice this week, they will certainly get the message that this is a big game for him. Yeah, it, it's a very unique situation. Um, most coaches who lead their teams to Super Bowls uh, sort of have a lifetime pass. I mean, it, it's uh, so it's a unique situation in that sense. Um, but Bucky, you've known Doug for a long time. Uh, I think it'll be inside. I think it'll be done low key. I don't think it's going to affect how he approaches anything. But certainly, when he runs out of that tunnel for the first time Sunday, uh, I expect him to be cheered. I, you wouldn't be human if if there weren't some uh, pretty intense emotions there. You spent five years in Philly at some intense times, even if you don't lead the team to the Super Bowl. Uh, even if you don't have a statue out front. So right. it it's a unique story. It really is. It, nope. it, it, 
It really is. And I think the one thing that he'll have to caution against on game day is keeping his emotions in check. He is going to want to unload the clip in Philadelphia when it comes to play calling and going after them and hanging a 40 burger and all that other stuff. But he is going to have to restrain himself from trying to do too much too soon. If he stays to the script, the Jaguars have plenty of opportunities to put points on the board and exploit uh, a team that likes to play a lot of zone. But he can't try and blow them out from the jump because then he get ahead of himself and he put pressure on himself and his players and they'll be able to sense that in the play calls. I'd love to know what him unloading the clip looks like. I mean, he goes for it on fourth and 20 from his own five, but right. I mean, how much more aggressive can a man be? <laughs> Just cut the punter. Right. Why not? I mean, what's next? Jeez, I'm kidding, of course. I, I can't wait to see aggressive, Doug, if this isn't it. <laughs> right. I mean, so we'll see. But I, I'm with you. That, that's going to be – and not only for him, but a lot of other assistants on this staff spent time with that organization and a homecoming of sorts. Now, the Jaguars quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, named the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. And, Bucky, the last time the Jaguars had an offensive AFC Player of the Week was 2010. David Garrard. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence was 11 years old when that happened. That's pretty amazing. That's unbelievable. David yes. Garab, I would have lost the trivia thing because I would have bet Fred Taylor, MJD, somebody like that. I did not have David Garrod at front of mine, but that's a good one. Uh, I think it's I think it's great recognition for Trevor. Um, I think maybe it'll get some of the people off of his back who were disappointed in his play through the first year and some change. Uh, I think we have seen the steady progression. I think we've seen of late what Trevor could be when things are dialed in, when the play call is setting him up for a, a, a success, and when the players around him are all on the same page. I think there are a lot of things to be excited about. And I would say this, he's just scratching the surface of the potential and what he could be at this level. He has not even fully figured it out. When he fully gets dialed in and has the confidence of knowing and anticipating what is about to happen from the defense, then the Jaguars' offense will be a lot of fun to watch because he'll start carving people up the way that we think that he will be able to in a few years. Bucky, I know we're in no huddle mode today, uh, <laughs> but but it, it's such an important topic. Give me one thing that Trevor's been doing the last couple of weeks that really stands out as, okay, he's doing this. This shows me that he is on his way to being elite. Because there were some questions in the first 18 games. Uh, and you sure, you sure feel from watching it like you're watching something solid right now. Uh, I think the number one thing that I'm seeing is patience and discipline. We haven't seen Trevor Lawrence really try and make what I call those hero throws in the traffic where the ball can be turned over. He's done a really good job of sticking to the offense, allowing the offense to work for him, and he just really throws the ball to the open man. He hasn't necessarily been bogged down with, hey, this is my number one receiver. i got to make sure I feed him. He is really, uh, from my eye, particularly on the sideline, goes through his progressions. First guy that gets open is the guy that gets the ball. And so if we think about this being a half-court basketball game, he's hitting the open man. He's just being a terrific distributor. And as long as he's able to kind of restrain himself and avoid trying to do too much, this offense will flow. And I think it's a very difficult offense to defend because there's not the one notable guy that you have to defend. You actually have to defend five eligible receivers and deal with the running game, which makes it very, very challenging 
for a defensive coordinator to come up with a plan. And they're moving all over the field in certain situations, so it can be difficult to line up against this Jaguars offense. We're back in a moment. We'll take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They are 3-0 and and atop the NFC East. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, and Bucky Brooks. It's Wednesday. It's week four. The Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Jaguars will visit the fighting city of Philadelphia coming up. Lincoln Financial Field, the site for this game. And they'll face Bucky, a 3-0 Eagles football team that if you listen to the team themselves up there and those around the team talk about it. They haven't really played a complete game yet. They've had, you know, a quarter here and then haven't scored in the second half or vice versa. Or the defense has played well. Either way, they've won three games. They're in first place and they've got some veteran guys on defense to get it done there. They've got a quarterback that's uh, carrying and, pl- and playing well, a dual threat guy. And this is a team, if they really figure it out, they could be right there at the top a lot of this year. Yeah, it's a very talented team, and it's a team that's playing really, really well. Jalen Hurst is coming to his own in year three. Uh, I think it's the steady progression that has really impressed a lot of people, even his critics. I don't know if anyone expected him to kind of be this kind of player uh, at this stage of his career. But what he has always been, and having known him from Elite 11 when he was in high school, he's a diligent worker, and he's an outstanding leader. And what you're seeing is this team take on the personality of the quarterback, hardworking, blue-collar, Tough as nails guy. He brings some unique skills and talents to the field. He's a terrific, powerful runner. And that that running sets the table for what the Philadelphia Eagles have been able to do. This is a team that wants to run it at you. They want to run it between the tackles. They want to punish you in that regard. But then he's improved so much as a passer that you're not able to really solely focus on stopping the run game because A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard can hurt you. So to date, This will be the toughest test for the Jaguars' defense. But if their style on defense is to beat people up, this would be a great challenge to see if they can be more physical than the Philadelphia Eagles because it's going to require that kind of physicality to slow this offense down. Yeah, I think it's it's, uh, strength on strength in terms of uh, the Eagles think that that the reason they're good is their offensive line. And the Jaguars, I mean, I I think they think they're good for a number of reasons, but I think – Probably the biggest is is uh, their defensive front seven, so it, it's strength on strength in that sense. And uh, Jalen Hurts to me is one of the more remarkable stories in the league. You talk about a guy who is almost overlooked by default at times. People just don't really want to think about him as elite. They don't want to think of he's not this, he's not that. Well, he's playing as well as any quarterback in the league, and what an incredible story. I mean, uh, JP, you know it well because you follow Bama, but transfers because of Tua and then goes to the Eagles and nobody really thinks of him as a potential franchise and all of a sudden it's sort of a blink and you miss it kind of thing all of a sudden he's an MVP candidate right. uh, and uh, talking to uh, Josh Allen in the locker room just now you you have to rush a little differently against a guy like this not completely differently Josh you still have to be aggressive and go after it but in the back of your mind you have to be aware of that mobility and it it, it, it gives defenses all kinds of problems and it's uh it's it's a dramatically different set of problems the Jaguars face this week as 
uh, the first three weeks. And I, I think it's 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 clearly their toughest test uh, and one that I think will be hope the Jaguars take as close at the end. Because I think these guys are good. I think uh, yeah, sure. they're good and they're healthy. And, and as much as you don't want yeah. to talk about the Colts in the Chargers' health, that was a factor, and, and the Eagles are fully loaded. They are loaded. They are loaded. Well, this, this would be the first team – that really, really is going to be committed to running the football. We thought the Indianapolis Colts were going to do that, but they didn't in the matchup. This is different because the Eagles force you to play 11-on-11 football because the quarterback is a runner. So normally, defenses have a plus-one advantage when it comes to defending the run because you ignore the quarterback. But because Jalen Hurts is a runner, it now evens out the numbers, and someone must be assigned to him at all times. And what that does is that creates opportunities for the running backs to be able to get loose when he pulls and fakes on the backside and those things. And so it'll be interesting to see how the game plan is designed to neutralize him as a runner. Do we still believe that the best course of action is take away the run and make Jalen Hurts beat you through the air? Through three games, he's been able to do it. But in this game, can it do it when you bring pressure? That will kind of be the million-dollar question. And ultimately, I believe that'll be the deciding factor in whether the Jaguars get can make Jalen Hurts be a passer and slow him down when he's forced to throw. Does the, what I would call multiple athleticism of the Jaguars, meaning you've got Walker, you've got Allen, you've got uh, Devin Lloyd, all of whom could theoretically spy, you know, maybe walk, you know, but you think it'd be Lloyd, but but the combination of that level of, of athleticism up front, how much does that help against Hurts being able to you know, have a bunch of guys you feel like can chase? Oh, uh, this is a battle of the wheels because this is a battle that would be determined in the trenches. The Philadelphia Eagles' offensive line is one of the best in the business. They pride themselves in being able to kind of play bully ball in a different way when it comes to their running game. I mean, since they decided to run and change their offense in the middle of the year, they've been averaging well over 170, 180 rushing yards on the ground. I mean, this is a team that, I mean, they're old school in terms of how they go about it. But you talk to the Jaguars, the Jaguars pride themselves in beating people up at the line of scrimmage. And so the one thing that we haven't seen is someone punish the quarterback who's decided to run it. And we're not talking about putting them to the sideline, but at some point, Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, Devin Lloyd, you have to hit the quarterback because that is discourage all that running stuff. And then the numbers go back in the Jaguars' favor when it comes to playing defense. All right, guys, when we come back, we'll get into this Eagles defense a little bit more. Some salty vets who've been at it for a long time on that side of the football for the Eagles and how the Jaguars offense matches up this week. The Jags and the Eagles coming up. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Well, it just shows that he is progressing, number one. Uh, Number two, I think the guys around him, you know, are playing extremely well, meaning the offensive line and, and really everybody on, on offense. You know, and, and just, it's, it's, it's part of our, you know, the progression of, of our offense and the steps that we need to take to be a, to be a great offense in this league, you know. We're not there yet, but, but that's, a, that's a step in the right direction. And, um, you know, he understands, too, that he can't get that type of recognition without the guys around him. Offense playing well. The quarterback wins the AFC Offensive Player of the Week after his performance against the L.A. Chargers last week. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks. They ran the ball. 
Did a lot of things well on offense. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and Bucky Brooks is in L.A. The Jaguars head to Philly to face the Eagles. All right, uh, Bucky, this uh, this Eagles defense, where do you start with them? They have some veterans at each level of the defense, and uh, it's a group that can um, can do some things very, very well. Let's say that. You know, it's a salty group. You do have plenty of veterans, but you got a mix of young guys, too. Uh, the one thing about the Philadelphia Eagles, they're built the right way with a mix of homegrown guys and some aging guys who understand how to win at a high level. Defensively, what they do is they're a bit of a read and react defense. Uh, they want to take away the deep ball. They want to force you to drive the length of the field on a bunch of short passes. And they're willing to play the odds to say that you cannot drive the length of the field without making a mistake, be it a penalty, a negative play, or a turnover. And so that's how they want to play. They mixed in more man coverage than before, but they really want to play zone coverage. They want to keep their eyes on the quarterback. They want to run and rally to the ball and make good tackles in space. And they believe that that is their formula for success. Jonathan Gannon worked up on the Matt Eberflus for a long time. And so everything that you're going to see is hit, run, and cover. They're going to run to the ball like a bunch of wild wolves. And the Jaguars have to be ready to protect the ball because they're always going to go after it. So, this would be a game to test the discipline, not only of Trevor Lawrence, but of all the players. you got to take care of the ball because they're playing for the turnover. Yeah, here's how uh, good and balanced this Eagles team is. We've moved on uh, to defense and didn't talk about A.J. Brown. Yeah, that's I mean, right. I mean, uh, yeah. this team has a, a lot of good players. They're, yep. they're an odd team to me because I, I didn't think about them that much before the uh, season began. And then you kind of look up and you look back on last season – Midway through last season, as Bucky said, they changed their course a little bit. They had a rally to make the playoffs. They're a good, solid team that has a, it, it has a real chance to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Um, Fletcher Cox, I think, is a big deal, big matchup this week against the interior of this Jaguars uh, offensive line. And they really improved. I want to hear Bucky real quick talk about how much better they are at corner because in addition to A.J. Brown, that was a huge area that they knew they needed to address this offseason. How do their corners match up against these Jags receivers, and uh, what level of matchup is that? Look, it's a good matchup. It's a good matchup because what you have are two veterans. You have James Bradbury on one side, and then you have Darius Slay on the other. Darius Slay is playing like an all-pro player through the first three weeks of the season. We saw him in a matchup with Justin Jefferson go toe-to-toe, didn't back down, played man-to-man, challenged him all over, and made life very, very difficult for the Pro Bowl receiver. Uh, and Bradbury, what you have is just a steady, yeti, dependable zone corner. Long, rangy, does a good job getting his hands on people. And so he can he fits in well with what they want to do because he's a strong tackler. The trick will be Doug Peterson has always been – he's been in his bag uh, this season. He's found a way to create favorable matchups by formation deployment, pre-snap movement, and those things. So what has he discovered on tape to give the Philadelphia Eagles – problem we'll see that very early in the game and the one thing that i do like about doug as a play caller man once he finds that sore spot he's going to go to it over and over again until you correct it so the first couple drives we'll know how he views this eagles defense because he's going to try and put them in a bad situation and once he's able to exploit them he's going to stay with it until they're able to remedy this problem 
All right, guys, let's come back. Our final thoughts ahead of week number four, the Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles coming up at Lincoln Financial Field. And remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. Give us that five-star rating and a comment, as always. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. Final moments of Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks presented by the Fields Auto Group. And we take a look outside. This is the Miller Electric Center under construction. Construction has stopped, it appears, probably for a few days. Hurricane Ian. Or is it Ian? Ian? Ian. Yeah, one of the two. Hurricane Ian. Eh. Eh. Eh, that's not so <laughs> no. the case down in the southwest part of the state right now. They're, they're feeling the, the full effects yeah. of it. Uh, we will in Northeast Florida the next day or so. And, yes, currently in Jacksonville, it is, uh, it's rained a little bit today. There's a storm surge warning at the moment at 71 degrees, and uh, it's only going to at least deteriorate the next uh, really two days, 100% chance of rain, tropical storm conditions, Bucky. Uh, so here we go. Strap in and hang on. And then the team is still planning to leave Saturday and head to Philadelphia, and there might be some slight schedule adjustments, but Doug Peterson's uh, keeping the schedule as close to normal as he can, even through the circumstances of the storm, Bucky, and that's that's just Doug Peterson wanting to keep it as close as he can. The team might be together in a hotel just to keep everybody close by, but, hey, they're still going to work and getting things done. No, I think, I think the one thing that you want from a coach and from your team is you want to continue to have – a consistent structure when it comes to the practice plan and the way you go about doing your business. And so as much as you can, you want to stick to the script that has been very successful for you. And so even if it requires you to not be on the field, but to be on the indoor or to do more walkthroughs as opposed to full practice, you would like the timing of everything to remain the same. These guys are pros and they understand it, but what you don't want to do is allow uh, the hurricane and all the things around it to become a distraction that prevents you from being able to be at your best on Sunday. Because whether we like it or not, at 1 o'clock, they're going to tee the ball up and they're going to kick it. You want your team to be ready. And I think Doug is trying to put his team in the best position to be ready for the kickoff. Well, I think the other factor that's kind of obvious, and uh, Doug said it on the podium at uh, 1030, it's it's also about the families. I mean, it, he knows you know, if, if it had been coming through here in, in a little bit more of a uh, point-blank sort of thing, I don't doubt that they would have uh, moved practice somewhere for that. But given the choice, uh, if he can have the players here in, in town with the families, I think to him that reduces a major distraction in it. If you're in Atlanta or or wherever and you're calling home, thinking about it, trying to figure out what's going on with the lawn, you know, whatever. So I think err on the side of being as close to the family as possible it, is Doug's thought, and uh, good for him. All right, Bucky, final thought. How are you feeling about Sunday? Jags have a shot at this thing, right? Oh, I absolutely love it. I, I love the situation. I love that uh, the games get bigger and bigger. Last week we talked about it being a measuring stick, kind of seeing where the Jaguars stack up in the AFC. Well, now this is a huge opportunity because this is how you stack up league-wide. We talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. People are celebrating them maybe as the best team in the NFC. If you go on the road and you play well against this team, you talk about the confidence that you have brimming after that. And also, make no mistake, you break the season up in the quarters. To be able to finish 3-1 and one in the first quarter of the season push you on track 
to be one of those teams that is talking about and competing for a playoff berth at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I said last week that if, if they came out of this stretch, Eagles, Chargers, one and one, that I was in. I mean, I, I, I was saying six to seven to eight before. I think now I, I'm, I'm not sure I have a limit on this. T- I mean, it, but that said, I think this is a really, really tough matchup. I, I'll, I said it last week about the Chargers, but I mean it this time. You can go to Philly if you're the Jags, play well and not win this game. And I don't think it changes one iota about what you think of this team uh, in terms of their chances. Remember, it's, it's, a, it's an NFC game. So, so right now you're 2-0 and against the AFC. Uh, I think they've already achieved what they wanted to achieve out of the first quarter of the season. I don't call this gravy. That's not right. But it's, uh, I don't think they win because I think the Eagles are really balanced, tough, good. But I think they play very well. And, and then I, after that, I'm not sure I see a game where I would, I would necessarily not think they're going to win going in uh, until Kansas City. We'll see. All right, Kansas City. I mean, yeah, we need to raise the we need to raise the bar, uh, uh, Ozer. Like we like we're, we're not playing for more victories. Like I mean, I understand what it is, and they're a good team. But I mean, the expectations we going we can go in there and get a dub. I mean, you saw how they came out and beat up the Chargers. I believe deep down inside, they may not they won't say this publicly, but I think their game plan is what it always is. Let's see if we hit the Eagles in the mouth. Let's see how they respond because no one to date has hit them in the face. So let's see if the Jaguars can do it because it'd be a huge, huge jumping point for what could be a very, very special year if they're able to go and get this win. That was my thought, JP. <laughs> I'm sure they. I mean, <laughs> right. and, you talk to the it, defensive guys. I think they absolutely think they can, and yeah. I don't doubt that they will, and I don't doubt that they can win. I, this matchup on the road, I think, is really, really tough, and you know. We'll see. You know, Osher's, I picked them to lose the last couple weeks, and they won, so maybe we'll stick with that. Osher's going to run up the stairs of the Art Museum in Philadelphia and do the whole Rocky after they win and the whole thing. That's what he's going to do. The fighting city of Philadelphia is the site for <laughs> week number four, the Jaguars and the Eagles. Uh, Bucky, have a great week. We'll talk to you on Sunday. All right, man. You guys be safe. Thank you. Uh, that's uh, John Osher. You also be safe. You as well. Have a great week. Uh, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, David Cho, our entire crew. Uh, Thank you for watching. Um, Be safe the next few days here in Jacksonville as Hurricane Ian rolls through. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network.